0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Girls Lifted Up, the podcast. I'm your founder and host, Claire Baccarella, here facilitating conversations with teen girls on how they navigate all aspects of life while facing the pressure to be perfect from society and social media. Are you ready to rise by lifting others? Our guest today is Miss West Michigan's Outstanding Teen and my friend, Reese Johnson. Hi, Reese. It's great to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Now, before we get started with our conversation, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: So, my name is Reese Johnson. I'm Miss West Michigan's Outstanding Teen, as you said. I'm a musician, and I do a lot of fun stuff. I go to a lot of concerts. I do a lot of work with my social impact initiative, PRISM, which I support founded and
0: yeah. And how old are you Reese? I am 16 years old. Our first episode's topic is the transition from elementary school to middle school and then from middle school to high school. Our questions today come from the students in my girls empowerment group. These were just things that they were curious about as they head into middle school and it's something that I know they'll listen to on the podcast. So first of all middle school is the time many students will join social media. When did you first join social platforms, and what was that experience like? Because I assume for you it was at a pretty young age.
1: Yeah, I joined Facebook, I think was my first social media, and I was probably seven or eight, but I only got it just for the Bitmoji app so I could make my own Bitmoji. And so that was just with my family. So I didn't really have that outside experience until probably sixth grade with Instagram and Snapchat. So that was pretty interesting because I only really had people that I was close friends with. And, you know, as every sixth grader back in 2015, I was obsessed with slime. So that was really all my feed was. (laughs) So I didn't really see anything out of the normal, I guess.
0: Yeah. And I guess it's kind of that way when you join social media at a young age. For me, it was difficult to navigate because really for anyone, there's no sort of social media norms or etiquette because it's something that's so new. And especially for, you know, sixth graders um, who are joining for the first time, it's really difficult because I remember some of my posts, like once I got older, I had to go through and delete like over a hundred posts (laughs) because I posted the cringiest stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: would just post a random selfie of myself and have the weirdest caption or post a random picture of a slime that I made with a really weird filter on it. And it would have like four likes, So I would always take them down afterwards because it was just, it's more something that you would post on a private story on Snapchat now rather than what the main Instagram norm is for social media
0: now. Right. And so there have been countless studies showing the negative effects social media has on the mental health of teenagers. With that in mind, do you have any techniques on how to navigate social media in a way that's more beneficial to your mental health? Or do you just kind of go on and scroll? Because I'm definitely guilty of that sometimes. (laughs)
1: Same here. So I I do do a lot of scrolling on the Explore page on Instagram. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll just click on random pageant stuff or random dresses that I see that I like. And then you know, I go on a safari search after that. But I I just mostly have people that I know and people that I'm in contact with. And I post things that make me happy instead of just wanting to post for others, I would say. And I think a great way for things to kind of stay under control is not really checking your comments or your likes which is hard it's very hard but I I've learned over time that it's easier to get past things and I've never really encountered negative things from my friends on social media in that sense but most of the time it's just them hyping me up so it's not the it's not the most important thing to go on there and have to check and like and all that.
0: Yeah, definitely. For me, there was a period in time where I was obsessed with Instagram and I always had to go on and check. But, you know, as I've grown older, I have kind of adapted some techniques that make it more healthy for me to use. Yeah. And that mostly comes with, like you said, who who you follow. You follow many of your friends. right? When it comes to influencers, I follow people who have the same body type as me or have right. the same interests as me. Yeah, Because, you know, comparing myself to Um, unrealistic expectations online is something that I've definitely struggled with. And another thing is to follow uplifting and positive accounts. There are so many mental health accounts that make cute little doodles, and I just love having them show up on my feed. That's something that I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, those are always super fun to look at. I always enjoy posting those or just the funny things on Instagram instead of the things that you could possibly compare yourself to. I think that it should be something that's fun and not something that you're using to compare yourself to others or compare your standards to other people's standards and
0: so on and so forth. Right. So speaking of that, have you dealt with that? Has social media affected your confidence at all? 1,000%. I think
1: everyone has gone through that at some point And a lot of the times it's really difficult because some of the influence, re- like, will use Facetune to edit their body and make it look like the unrealistic body standards that we see and it's it was really hard for me growing up because back in middle school I was just really concerned and confused why I didn't necessarily look like them or why did I why didn't I have 10 million followers on Instagram as a 10 year old that (laughs) nobody really has that but it's definitely something on YouTube too I used to be a YouTube kid and that that was a huge thing too because I would follow people that were much older than me did not have the same body types as me and I would try and drink apple cider vinegar spoonfuls to try and lose weight or something when I was 10 years old that just didn't really make sense to what I was doing and my body type and It was just something that was way too mature for how old I was, and I think that set the standards for social media for a lot of people.
0: Reese, do you remember the first instance of someone cyberbullying or leaving a mean comment to you online? Because being on social media, it's bound to happen. And when that happens, even now, how do you deal with it?
1: I, as I said, I was a YouTube kid, so I wanted to be like the YouTubers, so I would make DIY paint videos and DIY makeup tutorials when I was 11, I would say. And I remember I was going to sing the national anthem at school before one before school one day and one of my friends came up to me and said, "Did you see this comment that this person left on your YouTube video?" And it was probably a 35-year-old man. I checked the I checked the YouTube page to see who it was and why would they be commenting on my video? And it was just a flat out mean comment to an 11 year old. It just didn't really make sense to me why someone would wanna do that. It was just me having fun on there and just trying to find out new ways of to be creative and have fun and there was someone who was being really mean for no reason who was, I had I'd never met them before. I didn't know who they were, they didn't know me so I just didn't really understand the reason for commenting that at the time. And thankfully at the time, the person who told me My entire friend group went and responded and (laughs) brought down this person who brought down me, and I just remember being so happy that they did that because it just, it made me feel better, and I haven't really received any negative comments because I have people on social media that I'm close friends with, so if they don't know me, they don't really comment on my videos or my TikToks or Instagram. So if people swipe on my story on Snapchat or Instagram and they say something, it's most of the time nice, which is one thing that I think is a healthy way to have social media is with people that you know, people that you trust so that they're nice to you, I guess, so that you don't have that outside perspective of someone who you do not know commenting something and bringing, your, bringing you down
0: for who knows what. Right. It's funny because so many negative comments, even sometimes I'll get them on TikTok. They're from people that you don't know. Right. Oftentimes they're from very young children. Yeah. (laughs) But recently, Reese, we had you on our student interview show for the newspaper where I serve as assistant editor. And I am not sure if you saw this, but on our Facebook page, the post we made for your episodes, a girl who goes to our school commented just the word whack, no context, Uh just the word whack, And it really surprised me. Like, okay, you can go and talk crap to your friends. Okay. But being that negative in such a positive or not positive, excuse me, public space. Right. Yeah. Because that says more about her than it ever will about you. Exactly. You are the one you are out doing things. You are making your dreams happen. So there's always going to be people who have negative things to say and who project their insecurities onto you. Oh, yeah. Of so course. I just had to bring that up. That was unbelievable. Yeah, to me when I, I saw that.
1: <laughs> I did not
0: see that. But it's
1: it's just another one of those examples of I probably don't even know the person. And they're they're just commenting because they're behind a screen. If it was in person, most likely they wouldn't have had the confidence to be able to say that. So I don't understand why technology and social media suddenly gives people the audacity to comment mean things. You know? Right. It's it's because even like
0: it was her account. Like it oh, wasn't yeah, like a random. Yeah, it wasn't a fake one. Yeah, she it wasn't was, hiding. <laughs> So that uh, shocked me, to say the least. Reese, throughout school, um, of course, you're in 11th grade, right? So yes. you're still going through it. <laughs> Did you ever find yourself changing who you were to fit in? Of course. Yeah.
1: I Back in middle school, I always had the straight hair, dark brown hair that was natural, but it wasn't me, per se, and I would do... I would have the James Charles eyebrows. It was it was a rough time, <laughs> but I look back and it was definitely not who I was. And I it's it's scary to look back at those pictures because I just regret not being necessarily who I wanted to be at the time. And it was because I watched these videos and saw my people on Instagram on the Explore page that looked like this with the beauty filters and the smooth skin effects. And I, I wanted to look like that and I definitely didn't. <laughs> so I, I've definitely gone through that and I, I was blonde at a period of time and that definitely wasn't me. That was kind of a trial and error thing. But I think over time, sometimes it can take time to learn who you are and who you wanna be.
0: Right. I would say almost everybody at some point in their lives changes part of who they are just to fit in with the norm or what's popular. And I kind of have a funny story about this as well. So um, throughout elementary school, I went to a private school. So kids just wore whatever they wore. You know, my mom just bought me some baggy jeans from the Gap and, you know, I rocked them. <laughs> and then in the sixth grade, I switched to a public school and it really shocked me because I got there and they were all wearing leggings, UGG boots, pink Victoria's Secret pink sweatshirts Yep, and they were all wearing makeup yeah and that whole year I I still remained to dress the way that I dressed it wasn't until middle school that I kind of succumbed to peer pressure and went to Victoria's Secret pink (laughs) but I remember that year at our sixth grade dance um, we had awards that we as the sixth graders voted on and I won best dressed and I thought holy cow so I can you know stand out well not necessarily stand out but I can you know receive almost praise for being who I am and dressing the way that I dress and not changing myself for others. Yeah, of course. So I'd, that's something that sticks I'd out.
1: Did, I even did that in high school too with the the Birkenstock trend <laughs> at the point where it was, if you had to have Birkenstocks, you had to have them. So I'm vegan, so I got the fake ones, of course, but it was, I wear leggings and a big baggy sweatshirt or a sweater and then skinny jeans all the time. And I... Skinny jeans are not my favorite, to say the
0: least. Yeah, and I think such an important part of, like, your later high school years is letting go of all of those things you learned to change about yourself and finding who you are.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Especially with kind of getting your group of friends figured out at that point. Most of the time by junior year, I've seemed to kind of have that set in stone now. So it's definitely the people that you're around that
0: influence that as well. So, speaking of the people that you are around, um, as far as your friend group, do any of these people in your closest circle, are, did you meet any of them in middle school? What were the friendships like that you made in middle school? How strong were they, and do they still stand today?
1: I I had a lot of friends in middle school. I was I kind of just floated around, and I was just friends with everyone. I was nice to everyone. They were mostly nice to me, <laughs> but I... I had one friend going into high school that was from middle school and that didn't end up working out after a while. But the people that I met in middle school, if I see them on the street or if I see them on Instagram or if they swipe up on my story on Snapchat, I, I'll i talk to them and or we'll wave at the grocery store. It's kind of that forever bond of hey we went through those awkward middle school stages together and so it's kind of something that I it's just an eternal bond I think but I I can't say I have any super strong relationships from middle school that still stand
0: yeah that's fair I kind of feel the same way I have I think two friends in my current friend group that I did meet in middle school but We were never that close in middle school. That didn't really start until we were in high school. Yeah. But Reese we go to the same high school, and it's not necessarily from any middle school. So kids are coming from all different middle schools around the area. So how did you make friends when you started at our school and maybe didn't know very many people?
1: I didn't know anyone in my class. I knew a few people that were from my old middle school, but not people that I really talked to or connected with because it was guys so I wasn't really hanging out with them and I am on the STEM side of things and so my class is 25 people I think and so I was one of four girls in that side so I I had to figure out how to make friends after that because it was something that I had to kind of reach out and if there was a group project I would try and talk to someone that I had never spoken to before and I actually remember one of the projects we had to do we had to build a fan back in STEM and I met one of my now closest friends in that project I didn't know him at the time I I couldn't I, I hardly knew his name but now it's just funny looking back because it's one of my closest friendships and almost like a brother
0: Right, that's great that school can help make those connections and form those relationships yeah. in life. So when things at school get stressful and you need a break, what are some of your go-to self-care techniques?
1: Most of the time, I kind of just have to take a step back. Whether that's, oh, my assignment's late, or, oh, I, I didn't get what I needed to get done today. It's the five points at the end of the semester aren't going to be worth you stressing over or crying about because that's one thing I actually had to learn in therapy of my therapist having to tell me Reese this this five points of this assignment being late aren't gonna they aren't gonna kill you it's it's not the end of the world if you don't turn this in right now so I kind of learned the self-care technique that works for me is kind of stepping back from things and maybe just this sounds weird but scrolling through social media it's scrolling on TikTok that's just something entertaining that will keep my brain occupied and kind of out of the focus of school or I'll go take a bath which I haven't done in so long because it's just showers quick showers so taking that time for yourself and really doing something that you haven't done in a while or something that you have wanted to do for a while that you haven't been able to just to kind of take your focus off that certain thing that might be stressing you out
0: I can definitely see that with social media, especially TikTok. When I'm stressed with school, it's a great way to get a brain break. Yeah. But when my mental health needs help, I put it away Oh yeah, (laughs) because it does not help. Right. So it's funny that one thing could be harmful and helpful in your different state of mind. Yeah, of course. And Reese, before we wrap up, I'd love to talk to you about Miss Michigan's Outstanding Teen. How are you preparing for your first time at the state competition? It's been kind of all over, you know, the strategic five push-ups a day,
1: five in the morning, five at night before bed. And I've definitely gotten a lot stronger from the last competition, I must say. But it's been a lot of talking to myself in the mirror. That is my best tip of advice, if you can, for preparing for competitions or interviews is sitting there or standing there in front of a mirror Having something in your hand if you were to be talking in a microphone on stage and sitting there with my list of probably 400 questions that I could be asked and just kind of talking to myself and figuring out how I want to communicate the message that I'm trying to get across or learning how to adapt in that situation and think on my feet. So going through the questions, if I have 400 of them, I'm not going to go through the same 20 if that makes sense. So learning to think on my feet has definitely been the biggest thing because that is my biggest struggle is on stage question. I have a really hard time with that. So learning to take that deep breath, let go of it, has definitely been the biggest thing that I've had to work on.
0: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to be able to support you this June. I'm so excited. And I am also a candidate within the Miss America organization, and this is my social impact initiative, Girls Lift It Up. And I preach so much about not comparing yourself to other girls and to empower others instead. But I still find myself backstage at a competition comparing myself to the other accomplished candidates. Do you struggle with this as well? And how do you deal with it?
1: I do struggle with that a lot. I remember my first teen competition. You actually competed with me. We competed together. And I remember standing backstage and thinking, I could never be like that they are on a completely different playing field than I am right now. Because I I was a first-timer. I was terrified, to be honest. It was a new experience that I had never, of course, experienced before. And I remember standing back there and thinking, how do they get their walk to look like that? How do they stand in tall heels like that? How do they stand there and answer that question on stage? Because that is not something I did well at my first competition. And it's just something that... You had to. Le- I had to learn for sure. It's just what works for you. So me wearing Converse under my dress at our local competition uh, this past year is what I did. I wore my gold glittery Converse under my big yellow ball gown, and that's just what worked for me. And I walked the stage. I was confident. I stood there. I answered my question with poise, and it's It's something that you just have to take and learn from your past mistakes, I think, because I definitely compared myself to others, and now I really, I truly hope that other candidates are learning that as well, that you shouldn't have to compare yourself to others because in this competition and organization, they're looking for you. They're not looking for another version of someone else. They're looking for you. So I think it's important to Sounds super cliche but be yourself for sure
0: yes you're absolutely right and I think that's something that all of the candidates have gone through and even once they find their confidence and kind of who they are it's still sometimes you might go back to it oh yeah before this past competition obviously I was feeling pretty good about myself until I got there (laughs) uh just seeing all the girls but it can be scary yeah but um I think that just goes to show how amazing the girls within this organization are. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today, Reese. Go ahead and let our listeners know what you're up to and where we can find and support you online. My name is Reese
1: Johnson. Once again, my Instagram is Reese Hinley. You can find me on Snapchat. It's linked in my link tree and my Instagram. So that's the main way to communicate.
0: And I hope you guys have an awesome life. Thank you for having me, Claire. Thank you so much for being here. And if you are listening and are a teenage or college age girl and would like to have a conversation with me on my podcast, send me a direct message on my Instagram at Girls Lifted Up. Thanks again to Reese for joining us and thank you for listening. See you next time on Girls Lifted Up, the podcast.